We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. IB Nation, we are back. It is Friday. It is October 7th, Ryan. I don't know what it's like in New Jersey, but I just walked outside. I got a nice, you know, kind of the whiff of the cold fall air, and it's like, oh, it is now officially football season because for the first time all year, I felt fall weather, and that means it's jeans and hoodie time, man. So I, I am fired up. That is football season for me. But even more importantly, Ryan, we're a day away from Notre Dame taking on number 16 BYU in what is a huge game for the Fighting Irish. And we're going to kind of put our finishing touches on our analysis of this game and make our predictions. We are, we are, it's, I'm not, I'm going to save it because Ryan doesn't even know what I'm going to say on this, but we have a very interesting view on our predictions and then on what we think may actually happen. So we're going to have some fun with this, Ryan, but I, I think it bears sort of repeating the importance of this game for Notre Dame. You're two and two coming out of the break. You've got some momentum. You're a a win over BYU away from really going on a roll because Notre Dame will, they'll beat Stanford. They'll beat UNLV. They should beat Syracuse. You've got a chance to really kind of get hot going into that Clemson game on November 5th. That's what happens if you beat BYU. You also get the first win, your ranked win of the Marcus Freeman tenure. You do it away from home. You've now won back-to-back games away from Notre Dame Stadium. The perception about this program starts to change. All of those are positives. Lose this game, and the exact opposite happens. It's it's not just you had a bad day against Marshall. Now it's this team has serious problems. And I think that the, the, the black eye that they suffered yesterday with Jacob Lacey transferring – coupled with two days later losing to a BYU team that is a good football team, but not one that should beat Notre Dame, you know, that there's a lot at stake. And this season is going to go sh- sharply in a different one of two directions after this football game, right? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I never dreamed I would talk this much about coffee especially since I'm not really a coffee drinker. But ever since we first tried Trade Coffee, my coffee-loving wife is not only hooked, but I've even started to drink coffee. And I've got my mom hooked on it as well. Let me tell you about Trade Coffee. It's a coffee subscription service unlike anything you've tried before because they partner with top independent roasters to freshly roast and send the best coffees in the country direct to your home on your preferred schedule. Their team of experts do all the work taste testing hundreds of coffees from across the U.S. every month to curate over 450 exceptional coffees that make the cut. I've told you about our collection, the rich, sweet flavor of the Big City Roast from Joe Coffee, the full flavor of the Black Velvet from Atomic Coffee Roasters, where you can actually taste the malted milk balls. We love it. And if what I got isn't up your alley, don't worry. Trade will have whatever it is that you want. You can shop their most popular coffees by roast or flavor profile, or you can take the coffee quiz like we did and get expertly matched with the coffees that you'll love. Trade is the easiest way to get your very best tasting coffee delivered fresh when you need it. You've got nothing to lose because Trade guarantees you will love your first bag. If not, they'll work with you to replace it for free. So if you want to support small businesses and brew the best cup of coffee you've ever made at home, it's time to try Trade Coffee. Right now, Trade is offering our listeners a total of $30 off your first order, plus free shipping at drinktrade.com slash irish. That's drinktrade.com slash irish for $30 off your subscription to the best coffees in the world. Give it a shot. Yeah, I mean, Brian, we talked about it a ton going into the North Carolina game. Like, you want to go into the bye week feeling good about yourselves, but that doesn't really matter if you leave the bye week feeling bad about yourself, right? Like that's that's the the preparation that Notre Dame has kind of underdone during the bye week and coming out of that first real break, you know, if we're going to call it a break, even though they're still practicing for a little bit there, to hit into that sweet spot of the schedule, to the middle of the section where like you're going to have Clemson down the road, you're going to have USC, but you have some winnable football games that are obviously coming up soon. So you need to – play well in this full game. You need to come out of the bye week well because you need to set the table and set the standard for the rest of the season. I feel like we talk about standard as in like an overarching idea, right? Like this is the standard of the program. The, the standard also has to kind of change a little bit during the season. You know, like this is the standard for this week coming off of a victory, coming off of a bye week. There's different layers to every game, which I think is the, the most fun part about football, honestly, outside of just playing on, on a Saturday or a Friday night. So it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm excited for Notre Dame football to be back because it was it was fun watching ball last week, just kind of, you know, with, without much care in the world. But, I mean, obviously want to watch the Notre Dame football, want to watch some good stuff. So very important matchup because, like you said, after this, 
Notre Dame has a lot of very winnable games. Yes. This is a tough opponent, and they have to get their get their uh, their post um, post bye week yeah. festivities off to a good start here. Right. This the post bye momentum is important. I mean, it's good to have mm-hmm. momentum going into the bye, but all that momentum is gone if you lose this football game. And and honestly, look, do I want Notre Dame to win and look the, like the team that that they're supposed to be? Sure. But honestly, at this point in time, Ryan, I don't care. It just needs to be a win. Now, yes, there are some things that if they if they beat BYU by a field goal outside of you at BYU just playing out of their minds. And sometimes, I mean, Jaron Hall is just putting dimes against good coverage, and BYU guys are just making great plays in the ball, and you know, some breaks go their way, and Notre Dame has to win on a last second field goal. Okay, fine, get a win, right? Yeah. It'll it'll show that the, you know, I'm always say I'm process driven, right? And as a coach, I would be very frustrated coming out of that kind of game. But I'd say, hey, look, we got the win. We've got to clean some stuff up. I would always rather clean stuff up after a W than a loss. And I yes. and, and I feel like Notre Dame has not kind of already got there. They need to lose to get this out of their system type of thing. I also feel like some of the frustration that I have gathered. We have a big intel piece about the Jacob Lacey situation on the boards at ourbreakdown.com. The reality is, Ryan, is is there are some frustrations mounting, and that happens when you lose. And and what I think is at the heart of a lot of it is, as much as we heard from players and parents and all those type of stuff about how much they dislike Brian Kelly, I think that when you have a loss like Marshall, the whole, well, yeah, I didn't like him, but starts to creep in, sure. right? And I think that's what's happened a little bit is is they hear they see the stuff on Twitter they hear the things oh inexperienced head coach and all this other kind of stuff, and then you start to have that stuff kind of creep in. Then something like this situation with Jacob Lacey happens. Then you go out and lose a football game, and that's how you can lose control of your football team. Mm-hmm. The opposite is true. If you win this football game, it gives Marcus Freeman and staff a chance to say, "Hey guys, look, we don't like what happened here." From what I'm told, Marcus Freeman did not like criticize Jacob Lacey, rip Jacob Lacey. It was like, look, it's an, we don't like it, but you know, we're, we're going to move on. Right. Yep. And, and they've said nothing but nice things to Jacob. They wanted him to stay. And so I think they handled it well from that standpoint, but now you've got to, you got to show this football team like, Hey guys, no, it, not everything has gone our way so far this year, but trust the process. Mm-hmm. But trusting the process requires results, Ryan. And, and so I've always said, you can't be results driven, you have to be process driven, but if the process isn't ending with W's, then there's going to be doubt in the process, and so that's why I think it's just really, really important that Notre Dame get a win in this game and yeah. and continue that momentum and just real. I think it puts behind you. I think if they beat this game, Ryan, I'll, I, I dare say, I think that you can look at it and say I can feel like I can put the BYU the Marshall game now in the rearview mirror at this point yeah. in time. I, what what say you about that? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, because I think again, you're you're moving forward, right? Like, there's not, there's no, nothing is going to do. It's not going to do anybody any good to kind of dwell in the past on the negatives that have happened, right? So, we want to move forward and and to be able to take the next step. I agree with you, and I, I like your note on the process stuff too, Brian, because I, I've talked about that a lot. Just you know, with with people generally that. If the results aren't there, then you need to change your process, right? Like right. you need to adapt in order to have the best process in order to have positive outcomes, right? So I think that there was some hiccups early. I hope that the staff has been smart enough because I know they're all really smart people and they're all good people. And I know that they are, I know, I'm sure that they have had some self-reflection opportunities, especially during the bye week and even before that, right? To see this is what's working for us. 
This is what hasn't worked up until this point. This is what we need to change. This is how we need to adapt. And I think that we're going to see a lot of those elements. And I'm excited, man, just for football because, I mean, after your Broncos laid a goose egg last night in a very ugly fashion, you need a big win this Saturday. You know what? So. And that's exactly why I didn't watch the Broncos last night. <laughs> it's a good call, I've man. I have not watched a second of this football team. There's a couple no guys I follow on Twitter that are Bronco fans, and, I, and, and they're all hype. Oh, you got Russell Wilson and blah, 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 blah. And now they're losing their minds about how bad Russell Wilson. And I was like, did you not watch him last year? Did you not? I mean, the, the guy's not like creepy. Guy's closer to 40 than he is 30 now, right? Like, yeah. you know, I, I'm not you shocked. Know, I'm give him this big contract. It's like, this is exactly what I expected the Broncos to be because this is what they are every year. You know, what's funny is the Seahawks are not a good team, but I feel like a lot of people just gave Russell Wilson all the credit. And like, I mm-hmm. think Russell Wilson's an excellent football player, sure. but Geno Smith looks pretty good right now. I think with Russell Carroll, Wilson man, was an excellent football player. Sure. I just think he has the kind of body type that it's hard to really maintain the level of excellence through the age of like 40, like you see from an Aaron Rodgers and a Peyton Manning and, and guys like that. His style of play is such that I just think it's harder to do that. But yes, to your point, need to see some good offensive football. There's no yes. question about it because that ultimately is going to be the thing that tells us if Notre Dame can truly go on a run that goes beyond Stanford, UNLV, and Syracuse. Mm-hmm. You're going to need the offense. I don't think they have to arrive like, aha, this is what we always dreamed the offense could be. Yeah, it'd be nice. It just needs to be progress because you got a month to get ready for the Clemson game. It just needs to be progress. They can't have any step back, steps back on offense. And that's going to be the key. Yep. So, Ryan, let's, uh, you know, we, we've, we've broken down the game. We had our statistical matchup earlier in the week. You know, we kind of talked about what's at stake for Notre Dame today, earlier in the week. We did our keys to victory yesterday. So now it's prediction time, Ryan, and we're going to dive into sort of how we see this game playing. We made our predictions at irishbreakdown.com. You can see the article there. We also have made predictions for uh, Tennessee and LSU. We've made predictions for Oklahoma and Texas, and we also made predictions for uh, Kansas and TCU, which is one of the biggest games of the weekend. I started that article off with, raise your hand if you thought TCU and, and Kansas would be the biggest game of the Big 12. And I was like, Put your hands down, Coach Leopold and Coach Dykes. Anyone else? Nobody? I mean, who I, predicted this coming into the season? I, I, I started my uh, excerpt with the same thing, Brian. I'm just like, <laughs> I, like, who would have thought that TCU and Kansas would be a big game four games into the season? Yes. Like, just you would yes. not have guessed that yes. one. So, so we'll, we'll, and we'll preview all those games at the end, but we have all those at irishbreakdown.com as well, sort of our predictions and little brief snippets. But what everybody came here for today, Ryan, was our mm-hmm. predictions of the Notre Dame. BYU game. So what we're going to do is we're going to make our prediction and give our score prediction and just kind of discuss how we see the game playing out. The second part of what we'll do is we'll kind of hand out, you know, if what we think happens will happen happens, who will be the game ball recipients? You know, who will be the driving forces behind that? Just having a little bit of fun with that from a prediction standpoint. And then the final piece, kind of looking back at our keys to victory yesterday, what are the things that we're most confident in that will happen. Now, those are all things that need to happen for Notre Dame to win and win the way they're capable of. But what are we most confident will actually happen? So yep. that's what we're going to do today, so Ryan. So let's begin with your look at how you think that. What was your prediction score for this game? How you how you got to that score, and then also a little bit extra of what you and I were kind of talking about before the show started. I wanted to give some yes. some uh, insight to the folks about what kind of goes through our minds as we as we're doing these things. 
Brian, the, the reason I love kind of how we build up to the end of the week is that as I watch more and more film and I kind of talk ball and talk it out with you a little bit, there are parts of the game that I become more positive with. There's more parts of the game that I come become a little more negative or that there's a little more of a question mark in my mind. So there's been a couple of weeks that at the beginning of the week, I felt a totally different sense than I did at the end of the week. One was after the Marshall game against Cal because I was just – you were down in the dumps, man, and the more you watch Cal, you were just kind of like, hey, man, like they're a tough defense. Like They might give Notre Dame a little bit of problems, and I think that both of our predictions for the Cal week were actually pretty pretty spot on, you know? As I watch more and more of BYU over this year and just kind of evaluate where Notre Dame's strengths are, where BYU's weaknesses are, where BYU's strengths are, where Notre Dame's questions questionable areas, I – Ended up picking in this game Notre Dame to win 31 to 20 because I think that there's a lot of good parts to this BYU team. You know, Jaron Hall is a really talented quarterback, though I think is going to give Notre Dame a couple fits at times, you know, where you're just like, got him, got him, got him. Oh, he's out of the he's out of the pocket. He he extends the play for a nice throw, right? And there's guys on the defensive side of the football that I think are good football players, like Ben Bywater and Caleb Hayes at cornerback, who I think are gonna had the potential to give Notre Dame a little bit of problems at times, but I'll be very honest about this one. And my my inkling has not really failed me in the past, so I'm okay with putting it out in the universe. I picked 31 to 20, but the more homework I do on this and the more I watch BYU, I think Notre Dame can run away with this one, man. Like, I would not be shocked if Notre Dame ends up winning by 20-plus points in this game. Like, I think that Notre Dame is just much more talented than BYU, and BYU is weak in certain spots that I – BYU is weak in certain spots, Brian, that I, coming into the game, I thought that they would be stronger in. Coming into the season, I thought that they would be stronger in. So I am predicting a 31-20 to 20 victory, but I am getting a little cautious because I think Notre Dame might even be better than I'm giving them credit for. I think they might be heading in the better direction, and I think that Notre Dame has a chance to have a very convincing win on Saturday. You know, Ryan, it's it's kind of interesting that you say that because you and I are kind of looking at this in two completely different ways a little bit. You know, for me, I look at it and I, I the way that I kind of do predictions is I kind of go with what the game should be. I went 38-20. And the reason is, is because of those matchup advantages that Notre Dame has. I mean, I think that when you look at Notre Dame, they should win the battle in the trenches on both sides of the ball. They should be able to get their ground game going, which should open up opportunities to get the ball in space in the passing game. They should be able to out-leverage BYU on the perimeter. They should be able to shut down the BYU run game. They should be able to keep the BYU receivers in check because that's been a strength of this Notre Dame football team. The area where BYU is the best thing about their entire football team is their pass game. Notre Dame has already faced two teams that have a better passing game, and they held both of them in check. I mean, they held Ohio – they held C.J. Stroud to, what, 227 yards, something around Mm -hmm. there, right? Mm -hmm. They held – Drake May threw for 301 – but like 140 that came on two passes when the game was basically over, you know? And so, you know, they had 215 yards on four completions, two of which, like I said, were, were when the game was in doubt. So that's been the strength of this football team. And so Notre Dame will have to not play well in areas that they have consistently played well so far this season to, to, to not win this game convincingly based on what the matchups are. I think the, that's, so that's where I am. However, the funny thing is, you know, yes, I could see it being 38-20. Notre Dame kind of runs the clock out at the end. 
wins a convincing victory. I, you know, I don't see it being, it shouldn't be necessarily competitive for four quarters. I have the opposite approach though, because I went with what should happen. Mm-hmm. And instead, you know, now I, but I kind of have that, but man, this still team has a, this team still has a lot to prove to me, you know? And then that's kind of, so like we look at it a little bit differently. Like I think this game could be a blowout. 38, 20 is what I predicted. I could see it being 45, 20. I could see it being 44, 17. I could see the defense really shutting BYU down. I don't think that they will, but they could. Yep. They're capable of it. And, and, you know, I think the offense could get hot and then Notre Dame really puts them away in the second half. I could see that, but I just can't predict it yet because there's still so much uncertainty about this football team. You know, Drew Pine played great against, I mean, great against North Carolina, but North Carolina is not very good on defense, right? And, you know, the defensive line dominated the North Carolina offensive line, but it's not a very good offensive line. Neither's Cal. There's and Marcus Freeman even said this this week when he's talking about self scouting. He's like, there's just such a small sample size. It's really hard, you know, to to get the bigger grasp that you would have if you had like a bye week at the end of October, right? And so I think that's a very fair comment. So this team is capable. That like, there's nothing about this football team that makes me say, you know what? I just don't think the talent is what I thought it should be. And as we said before the season, before Tyler Buckner got hurt, Drew Pine can beat a lot of football teams. If you if the talent around him plays to their potential and you give him time and you and you scheme to to what he does well, Drew Pine can beat a lot of football teams. BYU was not one of the teams that we thought they might lose to if Drew Pine is your starting quarterback, right? right. It will require more than just Drew Pine not playing well. Mm-hmm. And so it should be a convincing win, but I just I'm still in a little bit of show me mode, Ryan, which is partly yeah. why I've emphasized this week so much on how important this game is, mm-hmm. because I am still so very much in a I, I I know what this team could be, but what is this team going to be? I'm still yeah. there, Ryan, and I haven't quite got out of that. North Carolina helped. That yeah. game helped. The way that they controlled Carolina uh, really for much of the game, even when the game was competitive early, you just kind of felt like Notre Dame's about to take off with this thing. You just you just felt good about where they were. But then they kind of don't put the team away and, you know, stuff like that, which I can live with. I mean, it's not like the game was in doubt. But mm-hmm. those are just the things that I look at, Ryan, and say, this is what should happen. Uh, what you said that you think is going to happen – is exactly what should happen. I right. think you're spot on. I just am still, I got to see it, right? It, it, I got to see I, it. I think what's making me feel the way, though, Brian, like that maybe I'm overestimating, you know, how close BYU can keep this football game or how, comp- like, at the competitive level of this game is just something that you said, actually. It's that where BYU's biggest strengths are mm-hmm. or what Notre Dame's playing pretty well against, you know? Like, it, why receivers and passing game have not killed Notre Dame up to this point, right? Like, it's been a couple plays here and there against North Carolina. Like, that was kind of the – during the – I think Notre Dame's – what we assume to be the weak points of their game have kind of been strengths in, in a lot of instances, right? Like, the secondary's been a strength. The special teams has been a strength. When you look at BYU – they have a really nice passing game, but Notre Dame's secondary has been playing pretty well. The defensive line has been playing better over the last couple of weeks. It's that that weakness. I mean, that strength for BYU. I just don't know how high of a strength or what to to what degree that strength will be. 
right. then when you're talking about Notre Dame on the offensive side of the ball, I agree with – I've seen some people in the chat, and I agree with you completely. Notre Dame's offense is still in a, in a show-me mode, 100%. Yes. I am not fully there like, oh, well, Notre Dame figured it out. Not even close. It was a good step against North Carolina. Now let's do it against a better defense. Like, that's where I am, right? So I'm not sitting here and saying that Notre Dame's going to score 40 points because I just think right. that they are – they found it, they, they figured it out, all that type of stuff. I just – when I watch BYU's film, I'm just like, look, their defensive line is not that great. They don't create a lot of pressure. That's what I really worry most about against Notre Dame's offense in general is the, the ability for the offensive line to consistently pick up the pressure and for Drew Pine to be comfortable. And I don't think that they're going to make them incredibly uncomfortable. And the secondary, while I commented and said, like, and I agree, and I still believe this, that they're a really well-coached and, and solid secondary, I don't think they're star-studded, right? Like, I don't and think Malik that they're, Moore's like, the second. this game either. Exactly. So I don't think there's, like, these big play secondary players back there for BYU where, like, oh, man, a bad read, a, a late throw, yeah. and it's a pick six, like, automatically, right? Like, I just, there's just, I don't Ryan, think that the strengths about that. Up. Yeah. They remind me a lot of Wisconsin secondary last year, but not as good at corner, right? Like Wisconsin last year had a good solid secondary that could keep points down against most teams. But at the end of the day, if they couldn't generate pressure in the quarterback, you could have success against them. Yeah. And Notre Dame was getting open against Wisconsin last year enough to, to make some plays. We saw Drew Pine have some success leading down on some drives. And I would argue that this Notre Dame team should be in a better position than last year's Notre Dame team in that game because this year's Notre Dame team has shown that they're able to run the football, where early mm-hmm. last season that team couldn't run the football and you could just play the pass. Right. So I I, I look at it and I, and I say, to your point, like I see everything that you see, Ryan. I, I, I'm with you. I watch mm-hmm. the film and I'm like, man, this Notre Dame team should expose that. They should dominate that. Jaron Hall's a really good college quarterback. He's not Caleb Williams. He's not C.J. Stroud. He's not right. – you know, players that they faced, you know, Mac Jones, Trevor Lawrence, guys that Notre Dame has had to face in the past. I don't even think he's Drake May, if I'm being honest. Like, I just yeah, upside right. wise, agree. You know, yeah. where, where I'd like Jaron is he's experienced and savvy sure. and those type of things. But to your to your point, yes, this is a game that Notre Dame should win. But I then every time I start to, every time I'm breaking out film, I start to get a little fired up about how much Notre Dame is going to dominate. You know what pops in my head? 26 to 21. <laughs> get that it's it, for the Marshall game I mean we're not even a month away from the Marshall game yet and so that's the thing that kind of comes back why I say I'm still in show me mode because I know how bad North Carolina is now having said that my score prediction for the North Carolina game last week was what like 31 17 mm-hmm. I think is what it was because I said look I, I can't predict a breakout from the offense until they show it to me well they yeah. kind of showed it to me they not only scored 45 but they had it 45 plus a fumble into the end zone you missed a field goal. You had a, you, or I mean, excuse me, you're, 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 you missed a fourth and one opportunity. You got stopped on fourth and one. You missed your tight end for what would have been a 60 yard touchdown wide open up the sideline. I mean, you left a lot of points on the board. Mm-hmm. And that's a positive. I'm not saying that to criticize them. You need to execute those plays. But I feel like this team in the last three weeks is kind of what they screwed up against against Marshall. We didn't see as much against Cal, the things they missed, the mistakes they made against Cal. We didn't see against North Carolina. Right, this yep. team has built to a degree on offense, and if the offensive line plays the way they're capable of, then then I think they should do all that. But I just keep going back to they they have to show it to me, right? I won't be I'll tell you like I won't be shocked at all or surprised at all if Notre Dame wins this game convincingly. I won't. I wouldn't. But either. I just I just 
I'm also not going to be shocked based on what we've seen the first three weeks of the season if this is a close football game. I, I mean, is, is BYU worse than Cal? No. 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 And Notre Dame beat Cal by a touchdown in a game where Cal had a chance at the end of the game to tie it up with a Hail Mary. Yep. So uh, I just need to see it. But if they do what you and I say they're capable of, Ryan, that is when you start to say, okay, this next month is going to be a lot of fun. And yes. if they don't, then it's going to be like this next month is going to be um, not pleasant, yes. not pleasant at all for this football team. But I think they, I think they get it done. I'll say this, Brian. I think the key for whether it is a really close football game or Notre Dame kind of distance themselves late is how fast of a start they get off to. Like, I really think that is very, very important for this game. Because we saw it again, like you mentioned, Cal that ended 24-16, right? Part of the reason that it ended that score was because Notre Dame didn't kick on the – really kick into gear until the end of the second quarter into going into the third quarter, right? Like, they didn't play – they played really poor football the first quarter and a half. They got off to a slow Cal. start. Against Cal, yeah, yeah, right. So I think if if they started fast against Cal, they run them out of the building a little bit, at least. A couple or touchdowns. or or if yeah. they play the second half, if they play the whole game the way they did the second half, it's a thirty-four to thirteen game. Exactly. Right. Exactly. I mean, exactly. Yeah. And and then they carried that momentum into the North Carolina game, mm-hmm. offensively, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yes, you are correct. It's it's going to be interesting. And the other thing is, you know, this is still a, a team that you, you say, okay, one thing I'm confident in that gives me optimism that I'm at least going to get it right that Notre Dame wins, even though I don't know if the score prediction will be close to correct, is that it, with a young football team, an inexperienced football team, you worry about in an environment like this. You're in Las Vegas, uh, a huge NFL stadium. It's like, you know, like Jerry World. It's just a, an exotic stadium, all these other type of things. You're away from home. All I mean, Ohio State is still yet to play a game a, a game away from home, right? Notre Dame's not in that situation. This is going to be your third game away from home. You've played in Columbus, which is one of the loudest environments in college football, one of the best environments in college football. You played at North Carolina, which the crowd there was incredibly disappointing, and Notre Dame kind of quieted them pretty early. But it's still away from home against a really good opponent, at least on one side of the ball. So the, the environment shouldn't be too much for him, Ryan, I don't think. And and I like the fact that they didn't fly out till I think this morning to Las Vegas. So there's a better chance that your players are going to be locked in, you know, because yep. you're treating it like a normal road game as instead of treating it like kind of a mini bowl game. Like a vacation. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I do I do think they'll at least be prepared for that. Yep. Right. And the other thing too, and, and somebody just mentioned this too, like Notre Dame is tested going into this game as well. But the counter to that is so is BYU. I mean, they did play Baylor. They play Oregon. I would argue Notre Dame's a little bit more tested because they've also played Ohio State, North Carolina, Cal, and even Marshall is a test. I mean, if you know Marshall's probably the the, the most inferior opponent Notre Dame has played so far, yep. they're a three and two football team that beat Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. So they're at least tested, and I'm very curious to see how that how the attitude is coming out of the break. That's going to be a very Agreed. very interesting aspect of this. So let let me ask you this. Well, let me quickly give. Just the scores of – I do want to give the scores that the other staff members had for this game, Ryan, just so everybody understands the entire scope of it. Vince and I were very close. I had 38-20. Vince had 37-20 in favor of Notre Dame. Ryan, you were 31-20. You were very close to Sean Davis, who went 31-21. So you and Sean were very close. Me and Vince were Vince and I were very close. Sean Styers has it Notre Dame 38, BYU 24. And Andrew McDonough has the same score as Sean Davis, 31-21. And so, Ryan, you have uh, now, after last week's success, you have risen up to a tie for second place in the standings. 
So Come, uh, coming yeah. for you, sir. Coming yeah, for let's you. Let's do it. Let's do it. I've had back-to-back <laughs> undefeated weeks, uh, which has helped me pull just a two-game, just a two-game lead. Uh, but uh, you know, we do have a couple. I think we have a couple differences this week, Ryan. I didn't actually look to see specifically uh, where you were, but I think we have at least maybe one difference this week. I'd have to go look. Actually, we might actually have the same predictions this week. Let me see here. Where are you, Ryan? Ryan, I think you're, che- I think you're cheating. No, I always make my picks before. Uh, <laughs> no, I think this week, Ryan, I think we're on the same page. You and I have the same predictions for everybody. So gotcha. there will be no no distance gained or lost in this week's matchup because uh, you uh, well, you and I. Well, I just the have to, I have to. I just have to pull squarely ahead of Vince, though. So I'm there in second go. by far. There you go. Because I think you and Vince definitely had one prediction that was different, I believe. Nope. I think Vince also picked – TCU. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll just have to keep it rolling this week. I, I, I thought that the games that we picked would create a little bit more difference of opinion, but there's only one game that we actually had. Anybody had a difference of opinion Interesting. Uh, on the ones. It was the Kansas TCU game. It was the only one that anybody had anything different. I, I should have assumed that no one was going to pick um, Sean Davis and Sean Styers and Andrew McDonough all picked Kansas. And then you, me, you and Vince all picked TCU, but I wow. should have known that none of our staff we're going to sell out and pick LSU. I should have known. <laughs> Not a chance. I should have known. I should have known. With how known. much of a headed hooker fan I am on top of my yeah. LSU. Oh, disease. I knew you were going to pick Tennessee. <laughs> I just thought yeah. somebody on the staff was going to pick LSU at home. Uh, yeah. So those are <clears throat> those are kind of where we are with those predictions, Ryan. But we'll get to those games in a little bit. I want to now wrap this up with kind of looking at the keys to victory. You know, yesterday, Ryan, during the show, we went through sort of the offensive keys to success on both sides of the ball offensively we talked about starting fast we talked about establishing the line of scrimmage which also leads to early down success we talked about uh, big plays and then complementary players stepping up to make plays in this game defensively we talked about controlling the line of scrimmage and making BYU one-dimensional we talked about containing Jaron Hall being disciplined and being disruptive so as you look at those things Ryan what are the things of those keys that you're most confident we will see play out on Saturday between Notre Dame and BYU. This was a this was a tough one, honestly, Brian, because there was a couple that I felt pretty good about, if I'm being honest. But I think the thing that I'm most confident about is I really think that Notre Dame has the advantage up front in this football game, right? So I think that Notre Dame establishing their dominance up front, I think, is something that I feel pretty confident about. Because this is why I think that this is a little bit of a – this is a different BYU team than I was anticipating, right? They're a this is a team where what you usually typically think of a BYU team is very strong up front, good running game, kind of what we saw last year. This year, we have a passing attack, we have an offensive line that is more finesse than physical. They're a good offensive line, especially pass blocking wise, but not quite the physical unit that I thought. And then defensively, I think it's kind of the same, man. Like it's not. This this defensive line for BYU is not the long, super aggressive physical unit that I'm usually looking at. So I think I'm most confident that I think that Notre Dame is going to be able to, and this goes for both sides of the football, I think that they're going to come out and the offensive and defensive lines are going to kind of establish this football game. So I think up front, Notre Dame is going to win this game, and that's that's the one that I feel really – I feel good about that one, just on paper and what I've seen on film too. So I, I feel pretty good about that right now. I'm with you on that line of scrimmage. I'm confident that they're going to control the line of scrimmage. I am. As long as the defensive players kind of get their heads on straight after the Jacob Lacey situation, as long as they do that, 
then I think they're going to control the action on both sides of the of the line. I don't think that's enough to win just alone. I think that they have to make plays in the perimeter as well. So I, I, I agree with you. I think they will establish line of scrimmage on offense. I think they will have some first down success, early down success. I think they will control the line of scrimmage and make BYU one-dimensional. I'm very confident in those things. The only other thing that I right now I'm very confident in is I do think we're going to see some of the complimentary players step up and make plays this week. I think BYU is going to have spent a lot of time game planning for Notre Dame, and they're going to say, hey, 87 is not going to beat us, 4 is not going to beat us, and we're going to have to have a plan for the running backs, which means Jaden Thomas, Braden Lindsey, Matt Salerno, hopefully Tobias Merriweather. And, 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 you know, one of the, you know, maybe Logan Diggs is still kind of not quite gotten on to the level of Tyree and Estime from yep. a t- number standpoint so far in the season, although he's coming off of, of an excellent performance against North Carolina. So guys like that are going to make some plays in this game if Notre Dame's going to win. And I'm not saying Mayer doesn't get shut out and Styles gets shut out, but those guys are going to make some really clutch plays, whether it's a third down, setting up a big drive, you know, something like the Audric Estime block on Drew Pine scramble, you know, a, just some kind of play where those guys are going to make seven, eight, nine plays in this game that you look back, they may not be big plays, but they're going to be very important plays that I think are going to set up this football team. I think Matt Salerno's conversion was a third or fourth down, wasn't it? Like the the, the, so. the one in the red zone. So like, yeah, it wasn't a, you know, you look at the stat sheet and you're like, what, one catch for what, seven yards? Mm-hmm. Well, that's a big catch It was though, a big right? catch. Really and big so catch. It, those are the things that you see and say, hey, look, I think those things will happen a little bit more even than we saw last week, which is going to help this football team. I think that's an important thing for down the stretch of this team getting going because I think if that starts to happen, then all of a sudden maybe that takes the pressure off of Lorenzo Styles to feel like he has to be the guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if, if one of those complimentary players is Braden Lindsay, then I think we will really see this team roll. I will yep. say that, but I'm not quite ready to predict uh, who it will be, just that it will be complimentary players. Defensively, you know, I think I think they'll be disruptive and I think they'll control the line of scrimmage. I'm confident in those things. When I'm not confident in it, that they'll be disciplined, not confident in that, and I'm not confident that they're going to contain Jaron Hall at, at this yep. point. Yes, they, they, they did a better job after the first drive against Drake May, but we have a long history that goes way before Marcus Freeman was here of Notre Dame struggling with mobile quarterbacks. Three good quarters of doing that doesn't mean that you've figured it out. I need mm-hmm. to see you that you've learned your lesson and you're going to apply it week after week. And so, you know, that's something that I'm not quite confident in. It's I'm going to be very curious because if 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 they shut if they contain Jaron Hall, I'm going to feel a lot better about the matchup against DJ and Dracovic and Caleb Williams down the stretch. Oh yeah, and because if you can kind of keep Drake May and Jaron Hall in check and back to back games and you've kept C.J. Stroud sort of in check. Although, again, C.J. made money plays that game. Yeah. Money plays. Especially, especially scrambling out of the pocket. Oh, yes. And, and late, plays. right? He showed yeah. me that that's – I mean, he's like, okay, that's why I have him as the number one quarterback in the country, right? Yeah. My point is they didn't let him take that game over and rip you up the way he normally rips people up. That's my point. Right. And so uh, they've done that so far with the two best quarterbacks they've played. If they can then do that – in this next game against Jaron Hall, then I'm going to say, okay, this team has a chance to be, to be a really, really good defense, Ryan. And and I would even argue, I mean, look, Jack Plummer's had a pretty good year so far. Yeah. I mean, in, in his last two games since playing Notre Dame, he's gone 64% of his passes and 69.7 completion percent. Uh, he's had 245 and 273 yards, 8.8, 8.3 yards per per uh, attempt he was 7.1 and 7.7 yards per attempt in the two games before completed 65.7 and 71.8 percent of his passes 
And against Notre Dame, he was 43.2 for 184 yards, 5.0 yards per attempt. So even yeah. Jack Plummer, who's not on the same level as Drake May and those other guys, but he's still having a nice year. You kept him well below what he's done against other opponents. Yeah. So again, outside the Marshall game, they've really done a great job keeping quarterbacks in check. Yep. They, this is going to be the toughest test and you know one of the tougher tests since you know, you've started the season with Jaron Hall. So I don't know if they're ready for that. But if they do, I'm going to start feeling really good about – can you imagine what this defense is going to do? I'm getting ahead of myself. But if they do what we think they're going to do, I feel really bad for Tanner McKee because oh, they have God. been facing quarterbacks that can move all okay. year. It's not Tanner. And Tanner McKee is a statue. And yeah. it's just something like, oh, my goodness. They're going to – oh, I feel bad for that kid. They're going to tee off on him a little bit. But let's get through this game first. <laughs> yes. So those are my two things, Ryan. Now, game balls. Right, we're mm. going to predict some game balls. So, uh, also a feature we're going to start doing on the post game show is we're going to hand out game balls right at the beginning. We're going to go around the staff and hand out game balls for the game. Uh, we'll find out if we're in the mood to hand them out. It, we may take the Marcus Freeman approach that we don't give out game balls in a loss in the show. We'll, we'll have to see, but we'll definitely do it with a win. We'll hand out our game balls, but we're going to predict game balls before the show. So, yep. I'm going to ask. I'm going to give you two shots of this, Ryan. Okay, I'm going to give you two cracks of this, and I think you'll like this. Number one is if the game plays out how you said in your predictions, 31-20, who gets Mm -hmm. your game ball on offense and defense? If the game plays out how you think it can play out and Notre Dame dominates, does that change your game balls? So I'm going to give you that chance to kind of answer that. So first of all, if the game plays out the way that you you predicted, who gets your game balls? If it's the way I predicted – I think it's Audric Estime gets the game ball for me. Because I think that with a 31-20 victory, that tells me that it's a competitive football game and Notre Dame just kind of eases the tension down the stress and maybe they they distance themselves a little bit at the end there. And when I think about that type of football, I think of a closer, I think of a grinder. And that for me is Audric Estime. We've seen now in back-to-back games where Chris Tyree gets them loosened up early. Logan Diggs even got them loosened up a little bit early. And then the second half, it was Aldrich Estime riding down the, the 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 stretch of the football game. So I think if it is what I predicted, I think it's Aldrich Estime, Brian, for that one. Now, if it's the other way, and it's the the situation where if Notre Dame plays better than I even like that that my that my mind is kind of telling me after watching a little bit more film, and Notre Dame kind of runs away with a little bit with this one. I think this is Lorenzo Styles' breakout game of the season, Brian. That's what I think. So, Audrey Gestimay for the grinding, smaller difference type of game, if they open it up a little bit and they have the type of game that I think they can have, if it is really rolling in the right direction, I think this is the game that Lorenzo Styles breaks out. I agree with you, Ryan. I think if the game plays out the way that you did, I think one of the other backs will get it. I think it'll be Estimate. I could maybe go with Tyree. Because yeah. I could see Tyree ripping off a couple runs. You know, I think they do. Somebody mentioned it. You know, they talked about Estime in the chat where when BYU does that thing where they kind of vacate the box. Mm-hmm. I could see Tyree really having some success because those guys closing on him, they may not be able to get to him the way yeah. that they can Aldrick and some other guys. Uh, and then uh, with Aldrick, it's like I would not be one of those safeties trying to meet him in the hole. That would not go well. But I think that uh, if the game goes how uh, how I predict it to go or how you think it could go, I think it's going to be Drew Pine that gets the game ball. Because I think Lorenzo could have a breakout, but I think what's going to happen is Lorenzo does well. He's going to hit some throws to Eli Raritan or, you know, Braden Lindsay, and he's going to make some great decisions that are going to just rip BYU apart. And I think yep. we're going to be handing the game ball to to uh, 
to Drew because we're going to see so many different players make plays. Mm-hmm. But I'm not quite ready to go there yet. I think right now, I think the backs are going to be the 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 deal in this game. I think one of the backs gets to play the game, or I may just say I may cheat at the end of the game and say, "Look, I'm getting it to the whole entire backfield," <laughs> similar to what we saw against North Carolina, right? Because I think they're all going to have to make plays when they drop eight, getting those backs the ball in space, and you know running you know back screens where you know you let them drop eight, and then you get your you get your lineman down the field blocking those guys, and you let those cats get behind them. I think we'll mm-hmm. see some things like that as well. So, the the offensive line was in my first prediction too, Brian. Yeah. That was the other thing I was thinking of. Maybe if if it's thirty one twenty and they just kind of grind him out down the stretch, maybe the offensive line took over sure. that football game. Sure. So, I hope that we're talking about maybe it being like Blake Fisher. You know, you just look or, at or how like, about wow, the entire you know? offense? Just yeah. let the entire offense yeah. the game ball. Well, nice. they, they'd have to score a lot to do that. <laughs> this would have right. to look like the New Mexico game back in two thousand from a score standpoint. It'd have right. to look like the New Mexico game from a couple of years ago for me to feel good about that one. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll see. Defensively, Ryan, who yes. gets your game ball? Riley Mills. Riley okay. Mills. Can I ask Michael. a question real quick? Yeah. Do you see any, like in your prediction, do you see the score for BYU kind of being the same no matter what? It's just about whether or not the offense, because that's kind of how I read what you said, that you yeah. feel like uh, it's it's not, the defense is going to do what they're going to do. It's right. will the offense do what it's capable of? Am I reading your that you are. a little bit to you, you correctly? Are. I think because Brian, I think I think what the defense has proven to me over the first four games is that like they can play on a good to very good level. Mm-hmm. Like they, I mean, even in their worst game against Marshall, I mean they give up 19 points, right? Like it's just we haven't seen this team give up more than than I mean they well they ended up giving up 30 whatever against. North Carolina 32 against North Carolina or whatever. But like, we know if we watched the football game, that was a couple broken plays at the end. Like for the most part, Notre Dame has played a good defensive game, you know, from a game to game, uh, game to game basis, pretty much. So I think that I, I, I don't think, I don't see BYU scoring a ton against Notre Dame. I think that again, Jared Hall is going to give him some issues at points. I think if Puka Nakua plays, he's going to make some plays. I think a couple of the wide receivers will make plays, but I just, I, I feel pretty confidently that Notre Dame's defense is going to keep it at a reasonable level. Like, I don't think that it's going to be a situation where they're going to be in a shootout. Like, I don't see a shootout happening in this football right. game. I think the only way that happens is if the offense makes some mistakes that allows BYU to score on some short fields. I mm-hmm. think that's going to be the case in this particular game. So, defensively for me, you know, I, I really think this is going to be the breakout game for Cam Hart. I do. I think so, Cam. I think Cam's going to come out of this this bye week. I think he's been humbled a little bit with how the game ended. I think Cam is a very prideful kid, and I mean that in a positive way, not in a negative way. I think he's going to watch the way the game unfolded against North Carolina and say, "Dude, I'm better than this. Like, I know mm-hmm. I'm better than this. Yeah. I should be making these plays and and all these type of things." And I I think if you're BYU, I mean Cam Hart's a guy that I want to go at more than than Benjamin Morrison or Treek Bracey, if I'm being honest. And if Clarence Lewis is in the game, I'm going after him. But BYU doesn't necessarily have the kind of players that can just run by Clarence the way that, that when Clarence have issues. But, you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes. He's got to obviously play a little cleaner than he did last week. But if, if I'm BYU and I'm watching film, I'm, I'm, I'm going after Cam Hart. I, I'm, I'm going after I'm in the And part of the reason it's twofold. One is I don't think Jack Kaiser has shown me that he's a great guy at getting that kind of depth to get under routes on curls and different things like that consistently and in cuts. So the field throws, to me, the in-breaking field throws are going to be there a little bit. I'm going to have some climb stuff over there a little bit that's going to work to the field. I know a lot of teams will do that to the boundary. 
Uh, I think that Notre Dame has been vulnerable in a lot. I was surprised. Like one thing I said is I was surprised that North Carolina didn't do more perimeter screens because that is something that Notre Dame has struggled with at, at chunks of time this season, especially against Marshall. I think BYU will do more of that because that's who they are. And a lot of that's going to go after Cam just by design, number one. And then number two, I think they're going to go after Cam. And I think he's going to step up and answer with a big game. So I mm-hmm. think Cam Hart going to, is going to be my pick, whether it's you know intercepting a pass, having being great in coverage, coming up really well against the run. His run defense has been very inconsistent this season. I think Cam's going to come out of this break fired up, and he's going to make some big plays, and he's going to be my, he's going to get my game ball on defense. And if it's he not him, it, we need somebody up front. So he needs it. Yeah, he needs it. No doubt. No doubt. I mean, could you imagine if the other if the other corners continue playing the way they have? And then he plays and, with, right. Yeah. Right. Right. There we go. Somebody said any chance Notre Dame gets an INT finally. I mean, it's going to happen, right? Like that's, I mean, it, it's got to happen at some point in time. Will it be this game? I don't know. I have no idea. I, I, it, it's it's the it, weirdest thing. If, if they get a couple turnovers in this game, then I feel even better about my Oh, prediction. yeah, especially if they're early. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's going to do it for our game prediction for Notre Dame. So we're going to get into some other big game predictions from this weekend. We'll also have a mailbag at the end. So before we go to the next section of this podcast, please check out. You're going to be able to listen to that to the if you're listening to this on podcast or via YouTube. You're going to find our previews of Bama. We're going to talk about Bama A&M on top of LSU, Tennessee, Oklahoma, Texas, Kansas, TCU. Ryan, what were some of the games talked about? We're going to talk Florida State and NC State. We're going to talk about a lot of the, the different games from this weekend uh, mm-hmm. that that uh, are going to be very, very entertaining games. I'm trying to see – I'm trying to find, like, where I wrote those down. But, yeah, there's some big games we're going to discuss this weekend. You're going to find those on the CFB Nation podcast. So definitely subscribe to CFB Nation on YouTube uh, and also subscribe to CFB Nation on uh, Apple, Spotify, all your podcast apps. You can find it there as well. So before you, we move on to there, it's never too le- never too early, Ryan, to hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, and share this podcast. And, of course, if you're listening via podcast, we would greatly appreciate a five-star review.